everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 90. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my other two hosts, Jesse Cox and Alex Fasianes, the boys, the brothers from LA. The brothers from LA. Yeah, the brothers from LA. I would say, Alex, what is that? But I feel like I'm just having uh, I'm it's deja the, vu. It's, the Dick, that it's the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, yeah. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> Might as well be walking on Dan Van Dyke. <laughs> Might as well be walking over that table. <laughs> uh, so, hey, thank you guys so much for carrying the show for me last week while I was gone. I was told and um, carrying is a relative term, but yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was reading comments down. of uh, apparently even Davis having Davis on the guest. He was more curmudgeonly than even Jesse. Dude, well, he went in on the Christ, he went in on the Christians. He went in on astrology. He went in on everybody. I would never go in on Christians or astrology. That's I'm for one. I'm hedging my bets. One of them's <laughs> got to be right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard about it yet. I haven't heard the episode yet, but I hear it's another secret society one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's about I'm coconut excited. grove. Oh, all right. I know a little bit about that, but not much. Like not not too much. So I'm excited to uh, go into it. I don't know why uh, you're cackling, so I'm excited. Uh, no, no reason. No, no reason. <laughs> there what? was like Davis seems like I don't know if he's like this on Star Wars, New Canon Book Club, or Scary Game yes. Squad. Okay, but the audience either is like they adore him, or they're like, "God damn it, Davis, shut up." That's well. Yeah, that's the internet to begin that's with. Just, no, that's true. That's very, very true. Yeah, the internet is um, never like this. Is, it's always like this is new. I either love this or I hate this. That's it. That's also very that's, true. I've I've been that guy where people are like, I hate him. It's fine. I would like to say you eventually grow out of it, but there are people our ages and older than us that don't ever grow out of that mentality. Grow out of disliking things. Well, like hating something in like so heavily or oh, loving something no, so heavily you right away. Like, please, you'll hear a song and be like, this is a trash song. And this band <laughs> is trash. Everyone hates something to quote <laughs> the real big fish. Uh, everyone hates my butt. That's not a song. <laughs> what? Everyone hates my butt. Well, Today, there is no Davis. It is my grand return after a few weeks. So today we're going to go in light, call it a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you an amuse bouche. The ginger between the sushis. Exactly. douche. Yes. An amuse douche. We'll say B and lower cryptid. At least I personally B rank these lower. three. What does that yeah, mean? We're going to go. It means they're, they're cryptids that are, you may have heard of them, but they aren't prime time. They're no Mothman. They're no Chupacabra. Wait, why are, we giving someone, them, why are we giving them the limelight then? Because sometimes, man, you, some, you don't know something's S tier until you give it a chance. Is this sponsored? We have ads on this one, so to, sure. To quote Real Big Fish, are we selling out tonight? Yes. In my butt? Yes. Yeah, that, that's oh. the uh, Manscaped ad. <laughs> right, right, right. right. out <laughs> of your butt tonight. <laughs> this is a perfect segue over to the Patreon, though. Isn't that right, Alex? It is. It is right. And if you want to be right with yourselves, head over to patreon.com slash pod where you can keep us weekly. You can keep us. Uh, you can get ad free versions of the show. You get art. You can get on the discord. There's all sorts of great stuff. You get access to uh, all our merch uh, early. Uh, you know, like you get like, you know, preferential treatment in that way just for coming in and dropping a few dollars down on top of a show that's doing their best 
to to uncrazy the crazy stuff for you. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And the latest poster that was up by uh, Studio Electro is based on the uh, James Dean car episode, the demon car. It's real good. Wonderful poster. So go check that out. All right. That out of the way. It's time for three mediocre cryptids that you boys will rank as we go through them and where you think they belong in the hierarchy right. of whoa, other cryptids. Whoa, 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 uh-huh, whoa. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In what way are we ranking? Overall, man, coolness no. factor. All right, all right, hold on. I got to write this down. We have to stay true to this. If we're ranking, okay. Okay. we have to stay we true to these ranks. Looks. Number one, category hold on, number hold on, one Hold on, hold on, hold on. How many categories do we want? Six. Well, we got we to gotta, we gotta <laughs> go through this. All right, so looks is first yeah. one. Now, are we talking like... Do I want to bang this cryptid or like no, it looks I mean, cool? Aesthetics. You know, yeah, sometimes aesthetics. you want to bang them. Sometimes right, so you want to praise them. Uh, uh, all right. I'll, I would write aesthetics, but I don't know how to spell it. So let's move on to looks. <laughs> all right. Next. Um, I guess. Would you like a threat level be up there? Like power level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like power power level. level. Okay. Like, what is Mothman's power level? He never attacks. He's always there to warn. Right, but he did warn. So we like yeah. knows it's coming. Yeah. He has like he can see the future. Yeah, and he has nothing to stop like, it. He doesn't, he's right. not fearsome, but he's, he's powerful. Oh my God, dude. What if Jesus wasn't Jesus, but they just got it wrong and they were just, it was the Mothman the whole time back in the old days. How could you mess that one up? How could you yeah, mess that'd be that tough. up? That'd be I don't tough. know, man. The heat makes you see things. Mirages. Okay, I'm pretty so sure Jesus level. talked and wasn't like, this guy is so wise. We should follow him. Dude, oh man, this guy, come on. This is a miracle. Is that all we want to keep it to? No, like, we have to have one more. We in that version of the story, three. Doubting Thomas is like the smartest guy in the fucking whole thing. <laughs> He's like, I you feel like, fuckers, I, feel like I don't understand. It's like fucking chicken boo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys not see that that's a big ass moth man? <laughs> uh, okay. That's not a um, carpenter's son at all. Uh, what about um, influence on modern day? Oh uh, yeah, I like, would say influence, like legacy influence levels, like legacy, yeah, legacy or influence All right, legacy. On, on the future. Okay, All right, here's our three, our three, our three rankings. Let's do we gotta it. Stick to these. The first cryptid that we are going to cover today is a familiar one to any of those who were at the live show in Boston. Not because it's the same one, but they fall within the but same. Because that dude family. was there. Uh, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, what live one, show was this? Oh wait, no, no, no. This is I'm, I'm ahead of myself a little bit. The, the when I talk about the live show, the Boston one. At the one theater, the second crypt is going to be based on that. Not so the first this one. is the show where Alex fell and pee. <laughs> this is where I slipped yeah. in my, in my own piss and <laughs> cut both my knees on the ground. Could have walked straight for three bring, fucking I days. I want to always bring that up forever. Yeah, the guy was one. like, dude, I would have turned around and help you, but I would have peed on you. <laughs> At least he was real, man. At least he was letting you know he was thinking of you in that moment. <laughs> I wanted the to first. help, but I would have peed on your forehead, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Imagine if you whipped around you'd see Alex getting at bullseye right in the head. I, re- I read the reviews on this show and it's like, it's a great show. Really well researched. Everybody's so funny, except they talk about the grossest shit because they're just three dudes together in oh. microphones. So they just can't help but be just op- absolutely awful all the time. Oh, dude, we are. We, we made it, dude. By the way, one of the most recent reviews was a four star review that said it's great, except for the mild misogyny. Oh, no. 
Wait, that's how you know we made it. That's, We're misogynistic somehow. I'm I don't know how. I'm actively trying not to be. I know. Me too. I don't. If I've been misogynistic, I apologize. I have never meant I'm it. I don't actively trying not to be. Right. We're never. We're never not going to be. Yeah, but okay. But think of it like this: even with the misogyny, we're still four stars to them. We're trying. We're trying our best, guys. You know what? That's good. A good way to look at it. Thank good you. way to Thank look you. at it. I thought so. All right. First, it's the Kristen, trying that's helping. I think. Yeah, right, I think so too. Ladies, we love you. We're, we don't. No, if anything, no, we're, you ruined it now. You know no, what it is? It's probably you going it like, "Hello, my little chill, my nanny. No, that's, that's not misogynistic. That's, that's what's causing no, it. That, that would be like, that, that could be more little chill ladies. Then it would be no, creepy. That's but, what's no. Mm, now I understand what they're talking about. Inclusive part of the show. Everybody's. Now I know what they're talking about. Now I see why it's four stars. I get it now. You're right. You're right. This is a four star show. We got to rank these goddamn cryptids. All right. All all right. right. The first cryptid that we are covering today is none other than the Flatwoods Monster. If you don't know that name, then perhaps you know it by one of its other monikers, such as the Braxton County Monster, the Sutton Monster, the Green Monster, not to be confused with the big green monster out in Boston, and the the Phantom of Flatwoods. If you don't this know baseball trivia, just so that doesn't sound crazy, he's talking about the wall in <laughs> yeah, Fenway yeah, Park in the baseball stadium. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not just like some giant monster in Boston. <laughs> the Hulk has been ravaging uh, Boston for weeks now. We've had him there for that quite some time. That huge fucking monster in Boston. He's wicked pisser. <laughs> he's wicked pisser. Uh, all right. This creature was sighted only in uh, a span of two days in 1952. Between September 12th and September 13th, out in Flatwoods, West Virginia, and the surrounding areas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Only a total of, it's only been seen twice. Three times, technically, but over two days. Oh, and in the 50s. 1952. I'm already super yes, sus, but let's keep going. All right. This particular creature is described as extremely tall, somewhere between 7 and 12 feet, with a spade shaped head and wearing a metal dress. <clears throat> the first incident whoa, in which it's <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You can't tell me this thing as the head of a card Shovel. type, like, whatever those are yeah. called. Yeah. Whatever the whatever spades are called, whatever you yeah. know, uh, one of the card types. Yeah, and a got body it. that's a metal dress. Yeah. You it's, can look it up. Look it up right it's now. It's like uh, Joan Rivers in Spaceballs. Oh, I mean, no. honestly, oh, no. it's not. You're not a hundred percent. Here's the thing. Like, I've seen this thing before. I, yeah. This thing looks insane. It looks like if if a maiden, like a like a Puritan, like like witch trial esque kind of yeah outfit, but like <laughs> but like the like when they used to have like aluminum Christmas trees. No, back in the no. day. You know, like when they had like the metal Christmas trees back in the seventies, it was like, sure. If there was like a, like a Puritan Salem witch trials lady who was a aluminum Christmas tree. No, that's the Flatwoods monster. This is going bizarrely. This thing is, 
that's not at all. <laughs> this thing is this thing. All right. Whatever Alex just described is totally inaccurate. It this looks is, like a junkyard sculpture that you'd see like that. Somebody welded out of a bunch of trash. A, in front of a more what Listen, yes, I just moved to Texas. Okay. I've been in Texas now for like a week and a day. There are, I have never seen so much aluminum roosters and aluminum artworks in people's front yawns that are like eight feet tall. That is exactly what this thing looks like. Yeah. It, Look it, it up. The, the best way to describe it is it's uh like three PO's head with sort of like the the top part of a you know like a like a flamboyant cape. Yeah, imagine like, yes. that, like a Dracula. Uh, yeah, but imagine only the top part and not the actual cape. And then like a Queen Elizabeth. Like a blouse, like a and yeah, then a right. metal skirt, and then two claw like hands. That's this creature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like this, this, like a like a like a school teacher from the 1630s. <laughs> sure, but that's bit. also a robot. Yeah, like a metal version. Yeah. Mm. Yes. All right. Fair enough. The first sighting of this thing is even is we could argue whether it's even considered a sighting or not. It's simply called the Harper incident. This happened when Mrs. Audra Harper claims to have seen the creature walking in the woods near her home in Heaters, West Virginia, about five miles to the north of Flatwoods. Not long before the more the more famous May sighting took place, which is another name of a family, not the month. Harper and her friend were walking to a nearby store and opted to take a shortcut through the forest rather than walk down the road like they normally do. About a half a mile into their trip, the two of them noticed a ball of fire on one of the hills that they were passing. Harper initially dismissed it at first, assuming a neighbor was, quote, fox chasing. But when she glanced back, the ball of fire was gone and in its place was a tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. Terrified seeing this thing, the both of them fled into the rocks and boulders strewn across the hillside and never saw the thing again. I just don't get how you could be <clears throat> fine with a ball of fire. Like, I don't I don't understand that you could walk past a ball of fire and then well, only on a double question, take. Do you realize my clarifying question is, well, how big of a ball are we talking do they mean like a small ball? Like right. that well, might like, then you I could call be like a fucking oh, candle like, a ball of fire, right? That's not a ball of fire. That's a candlelight, right? Yeah, like, fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, fair. So like it's got to be a fair size, right? So why is that fox hunting or fox chasing? I don't know. I don't know. Do you do I it by no like torchlight? Like, I don't know. That's what I would assume. They did it by lantern light, but then but again, that brings me to the idea that they, that would be kind of small. Yeah, right. I don't know. That's the first sighting, and that's not the one we're really going to focus on. But it, it's the first one that kind of gets attributed to it because the next one is the much more famous sighting. Multiple people saw it, and it's known as the May sighting. On the evening of September 12th, 1952, at around 1900 hours, so a how group long of young is this boys. From the last one? Was that? How long has it been since the last sighting? Uh, the last one happened uh, about no, that happened. The, it happened the night before the twelfth. So this happened the eleventh, the twelfth, and the thirteenth. The eleventh just doesn't count part of the story because the only the only evidence is ball of fire, man silhouette. Gotcha. But because okay. the next night all these other happened, people are attributing it to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the evening of September twelfth, nineteen fifty-two, around nineteen hundred hours. A group of young boys whose identities are currently and have been since unconfirmed, but thought to be. Edison Eddie May, who was aged at 13 at the time, Fred Freddie May, his brother, who was one year younger, 12, Neil Nunley, who was 14, and Tommy Hire, who Freddie was 10 and years Eddie, old. Freddie and Eddie, man. That's rough. Freddie and Eddie. Brothers. Best of, 
I would yep, hate that. Buds. I would hate that. To be for Freddie and Eddie. Oh my God. The brothers, Freddie and Eddie. It's like Mario <laughs> and Luigi. It's like, you can't be Freddie and Eddie. It's like thing one and thing two. Uh, all these boys at the time were playing football on the lawn of the Flatwoods Elementary School when a bright light flew overhead and appeared to crash into the hillside on G. Bailey Fisher's farm. Now the boys are understandably intrigued and they stopped playing their game and immediately went to go and investigate. Since the May home was between them and the crash site, Eddie and Freddie stopped by to tell their mom, Kathleen May, that they were heading over there to investigate. Kathleen collected Eugene Lemon, age 17, who was a National Guards, uh, an addition, a National Guardsman, and his dog, Richie, to help with the investigation for eight people in total plus a dog. The group headed to the crash site where they saw a pulsing red light, which was described as a ball of fire 100 yards away, making a slight hissing sound, 10 feet or more in diameter. The group was engulfed in a foul-smelling smog, and Lemon shined his flashlight up the hill where they saw the creature. What is the it, smell? What is I the don't smell? Know. I really don't know why alien encounters Every always time have. Like, it smelled like a fart. It yeah, was so right? scared. I was so scared. It's always described it as like sulfurous. just like a fart. I, <laughs> I saw a bright was, light and then a, a fart smell entered my nose. <laughs> That's how I knew it was aliens. Yeah. Uh, Lemon then shined his flashlight up the hill where they ended up seeing the creature. It was 10 feet tall with clawed and twisted hands and glowing orange eyes. Kathleen later described the creature in an interview as such, quote, It had a bright red face, bright green clothing, a head which resembled the ace of spades, and its clothing from the waist down hung in great folds. It moved as, it was, as if it were floating through the air, end quote. It was like an aluminum Christmas tree from the Salem <laughs> Witch Trials. <laughs> So you just imagine there's this ball of fire out there with this weird creature and the, the ball of fire is hissing. It just sounds like probably like I assume like a popped valve or something like that. When Lemon shined his light at the creature, it too hissed and began to float toward the group. No, nope. immediately turned and fled in terror. I would be fucking out of there. Yep. Me too. Upon reaching town, they called the Braxton County Sheriff Robert Carr. The sheriff was actually delayed in responding, though. Because there was another crash that had been reported that he was investigating by a local man who had also seen a light in the sky disappearing into the mountains along the Elk River. So this already indicating there have been multiple sightings of, of lights in the Is sky. That before and multiple, after the crash? The, uh, there, there was lights in the sky and multiple crashes. OK, so uh, this this guy saying um, the sheriff went to go investigate an, an, another crash that had mm. happened that night. By the time Carr actually got there. Local journalist A. Stewart Lee of the Braxton Democrat had arrived and was interviewing the terrified group. Lemon, Carr, and a small gun-toting posse headed back to the crash site where the creature was long gone and all that remained was a sulfuric odor, some tracks left in the grass, and a black rubber-like substance. Over the course of the next few weeks, the members of the group were plagued by irritation and swelling of the nose and throat, vomiting, and convulsions all of which have been attributed to symptoms of exposure to mustard gas. What? What? What does mustard gas smell like? That's a good question, does actually. Does it smell like does... a fart? Let's oh, find boy. out. Let me see. Oh, yeah. I was mustard like, let's look it up. gas smell. Uh, mustard gas is colorless and odorless, but when mixed with other chemicals, it looks brown and can smell like garlic, mustard, or onions. That's why oh. it's got to be. 
mustard gas. There you go. Um, but there you go. That's the, uh, that's, that's the Flatwoods monster. We're going to go a little bit into, um, maybe some, uh, some explanations for the thing. Um, one more, but when one more sighting as well, I actually completely forgot we got one more sighting and then the pop culture of this thing, because this thing is as minor as the sightings are has infested video games. The Flatwoods monsters everywhere in video games. And we're going to get to that here in a minute. The last sighting we're going to cover, though, of this particular monster happens the next day, September 13th, instead of September 12th. And this is by the family. And I'm going to butcher this name. Snidowski. 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 There we go. Snidowski. S-N-I-T-O-W-S-K-Y. On September 13th, 1952, George and Edith Snidowski and their 18th month old were driving through a rural area between Clay and Braxton counties which is about 20 miles to the south of Flatwoods. They were driving late in the evening when their car randomly died. George attempted to restart the car, but it wouldn't turn on, leaving the small family stranded in the middle of nowhere on a deserted road after dark. While Edith and George were discussing what they should do, a similar sulfurous fog began to fill the car and the baby began to cry. There was a bright light, and the creature began to hover in front of the car. This time, it was not sporting its spade-shaped hood, and instead had a reptilian, bony head. It scraped its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car and floated away into the nearby woods. Once the creature was out of sight, the car started up again, and the couple quickly sped away. George gave his account in Mail Magazine, however, not in 1952, But in 1955, years later, three years later, why? And that's the last of the encounters. That's the last of the proper encounters of the Flatwoods monster. That's all we have for encounters of this thing. That's it. I'm so I'm so like interested by the whole like uh, acrid smell poison gas element. It's really interesting. But every every. It seems like everybody kind of is like messing with this thing a little bit, right? Like, seems like everybody who got sort of, sort of zapped back was sort of like zapping it, right? Yeah, I guess so. They at least antagonizing it, or maybe just like I don't know. It's interesting. It's hard to kind of. It's hard to understand what this thing could be because the first encounter reminds me of the episode you did, Alex, on that uh, the guy who got the hooks thrown out in his pants. Yeah, yeah, his pants ripped and stuff. And when the investigators, the investigators went to go look, there was tracks. Yeah, all that stuff's really. There was no no physical evidence other than the indentations, the tracks, similarly to the first one where there was no evidence of a ship or a creature, but there was evidence that something was there. There was uh, indentations and the like. So again, this is the Flatwoods monster, though though labeled as a cryptid, to me is a kind of classic, on most levels, classic UFO encounter of some sort. Minus the fact that the creature himself doesn't really fit any description of anything that I'm familiar with. It acts almost like an animal in some way. Like, it's like not not that advanced in in terms of intelligence. I don't know. It looks, it it It, has that wild animal vibe to it. You know, I'm a little, and I'm a little iffy on the second encounter too, because like, like you said, he, he reported three years later. And he, I mean, who knows what he could have read or come across in terms of like knowledge of reptilians or greys out there at that time because UFO fever was popping in the mid 50s. It d- doesn't even seem like the first and second are the same thing. No, but they describe it that with like the, um, yeah, they, 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 the, the, the body is the same. The way it floats is the same, but it has not the same head. It has a reptilian head and lizard hands. 
So that's like weird. It feels, it like, it, it feels like a different creature altogether. Uh, or took his head off. Even, but it happened the next day, supposedly the next day. Um, he just took three years to report it. So it's just weird. It's really weird. Um, we do have a couple of explanations, though, that may give us a bit of um, more, clarif- uh, more clarity on what exactly this thing was. Well, we'll start with the first one, which is going to be the one that is my favorite, but uh, probably the least uh, scientifically plausible, maybe. This is simply a UFO. Gray Barker, a UFO investigator from Braxton County, and naturalist Ivan T. Sanderson both went to Flatwoods to research the events that had been reported. Sanderson arrived a mere six days after the incident actually occurred, so he was there very quickly. They explored the site, interviewed the witnesses, and wrote reports of their findings that were later published. But maybe unsurprisingly, because both men are UFO investigators, both men concluded that the group had encountered an extraterrestrial craft and whatever its occupant was. According to Hmm. Sanderson's 36-page report, quote, At least five objects came over traveling in a straight line from northwest to southeast. Several of the the crafts crashed and were never recovered. But one craft, and then in parentheses, ball of fire, landed outside Flatwoods and its occupant was able to exit the ship wearing a protective suit, the spade hood and metal dress, before the craft disintegrated. That's a second description of a ball of fire, too. Yeah, well, yeah, there's what people saw. And I mean, listen, we could, if you want to go crazy, you could say it's the same creature, Jesse, and it's just the next night it took its helmet off. I just, none of it makes sense, though. But yeah, I guess no, that's the it's whole that, point. It's that trope from the sci-fi movie where the, they, yeah. they, they start to yell and then they're like, they take it off and they're like, no, 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 no. And then the guy's like, <laughs> it's fine. You can breathe out here. <laughs> I, yes, guess, I guess the, the question that I have is, with every cryptid we have so far, they have an intention. Yeah, right? there's the no cryptids known doing here. a thing. Even aliens, if they crash, at least they're like, eh, and then they die. <laughs> this thing like, is like, I made it. I, I'm not reporting back. I'm going to stay here as long as I can. I'm going to cr- like, it's doing nothing. If I feel it, like maybe he could be a prisoner. Just crash because he wanted to live in on earth. Could be a prisoner. It could be a people. wild animal in captivity. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Could be like a milkmaid. A Christmas tree. Yeah. Perfect. You, you nailed Beast. it. Alex. Uh, other residents were not so sure though, of the UFO explanation and others attempted to put forth alternatives. One of the school teachers posited that a combination of the light from a nearby plane beacon and the fiery trail of a blazing meteor reflect, reflected weirdly in, in some manner to take the shape of a glowing monster. How could it take that specific shape and all those different I, I colors, know. like red it's and green? Reach. Like That's looking at pictures of, of this thing, it's like red, green, big headlight eyes, long arms. Like, I don't know. It does, yeah, it doesn't make sense. An alleged scientist suggested that it was a meteor that broke up over Flatwoods and the resulting vapor from the space rocks disintegrating rose up to create the form of a monster. Hmm. Others said it. Sorry, go ahead. No, even as a skeptic, that's the least likely. And then (laughs) the smoke became a monster. (laughs) I've seen Lost. That was unbelievable Uh, then. That's true. Listen, it was about the journey, okay? Yeah, that's right. It ain't about the it end. It never was. That, it never yeah. was about the journey. Uh, others asserted it was simply a religious sign sent by God. 
But my favorite explanation is the, fo- the last. A Wisconsin cheese company wondered if everything could be explained by their inflated rubber cow, which had been launched about 10 days before in a publicity stunt. First of all, who asked the Wisconsin cheese company? <laughs> Second of all, how could you how could you ever parse from the, this this super specific description that it's a cow? Was the cow Inflatable dressed like cow. Vision from Marvel Comics? <laughs> I guess like maybe it does for them. Who knows? It's a 1950s cow. They were weird. 1950s balloon cow. Uh, That's it for our explanations. But now we move into the last bit. The effect on pop culture that this particular brand of uh, monster has had specifically in video games. The Flatwoods monster appears in various video games such as The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Space Harrier 2, Amagon Strikers 1945, Fallout 76, and as an Easter egg in Everybody's Golf 4 in Japan, but all known in America as Hot Shots Golf 4. Yeah, I've seen most of these things. <laughs> and the second episode of 2019 History Channel series Project Blue Book is entitled The Flatwoods Monster and investigates the incident as well. And that's your Flatwoods Monsters, boys. That's, your, that's the first of three. It's so weird that in Japan, the Flatwoods monster has like become the sort of like visual archetype for like the types of alien encounters that we think of as like little green men or like little gray men mm-hmm. encounters. It's, it's, it's so cra- it's so cra- I don't like because it, it doesn't ma- mean anything outside of West Virginia. Right. Like that's yeah, not- no, it really doesn't do anything. There's no other sightings of this thing that are. That go along and are attributed to the Flatwoods yeah. monster. But if you look it up, if you go and you look up like Japan Flatwoods monster, like there's like weird like vinyl art and like little mascots and and art and you know just for years of this, like decades of this as like a popular sort of like archetype mascot form. It's such an interesting, just random thing that happened. It's bizarre. Now you get to rank it. Looks look. ten out of ten. Uh, oh no no there's something about it it. looks like uh, something you would find at a dump made from things at a dump (laughs) it looks like (laughs) it looks like a godzilla or like a power rangers bad guy like a like a one-timer no make my creature grow like a (laughs) one-timer Or maybe like if, if there was like all this when you were 13, you'd be like, they didn't put anybody into this monster. This thing sucks. OK, or maybe they go into the computer and this thing is like a low poly like boss character inside the computer. That's like, oh, bam, I see, bam, I see. Bam, no, this thing is a this thing is like, a three out of ten for oh visuals. On terrible. Looks, come on. I got to go. Know, I can see it in, in like the reboot show. Reboot. Was great. No, on, reboot. On <laughs> Dot Matrix would not even look at this thing. Come on. This, yes, he would. Three out of ten on the looks. All right. All right. Well, we've got it. We've got a split opinion on looks. Let's go with the next one. Threat level. We it got it's got farty sm- smell and fog. It Mustard likes to hiss gas, at maybe. You. Yeah. Maybe poisonous gas. It's but got what claw did it like actually hands. do? But what did it actually do? It walked it up and rubbed its hand on a car and that was it. And it, it floated menacingly at them and they ran away. I'd say it floated, four out of ten. Floated. Yeah. Two out of ten. Four. Okay. I'm going to go four out of ten just because some people had symptoms of mustard gas poisoning. That's true. Oh, that's right. Their first encounter got sick, convulsions, all that got good stuff. You can't convulse on a two. You can't convulse on a two. Come on. Yeah, you can't. Come on, Jesse. Uh, uh, oh, it's still a two. Pop culture. Last one. You can convulse on a two. (laughs) (laughs) 
People convulse and there is no monster present. So, you know, that's true. Wow. Fair. Uh, and the last but not least, it's influence on po- modern pop culture. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give this a surprising six. That is surprising. I think six is, I think six is apt. Yeah. A, a six all around. It's then. definitely yeah. notable. It's definitely made a splash in Japan. Uh, it's crazy that it's in a couple of video games, but like really like I cannot drive home enough how strange it is that it's like a recognizable figure in Japan. It's true. So for Jesse, it sounds like it fell solidly mid tier, but for Alex, it probably fell high mid tier because of the looks are so good. The looks are very good. It, it's the only it's, it's, there's good. nothing about it beyond the looks that elevate it beyond a generic ass UFO encounter. <laughs> this though. is this is like a D tier. I'm just oh I'm just happy God. it's not a smooth little bald alien man. You know what I mean? Like I, in a well, flying speaking sauce. Of, let's move on to our next one, everybody. Oh my so God. if you were a part of the live show, this is going to cease familiar to the uh, to one of the creatures we covered. The next cryptid is none other than the Hopkinsville Goblin Boys. But I like we did cover this. We well, we did an episode that was lost. No, didn't we do this at the show? No, it we did the one that's New England uh, yeah. over in the Boston area. It's the Dober Demon. We did the Dober Demon or whatever it it's is. It's the same kind of it's deal. Literally, so that's yeah. We're going to talk about how this they is might honestly, be. This is honestly like a type of like if you want to go back in time mm-hmm. to like the archetypal sort of like different encounters that people have over and over again. You have the one where they get up and they get probed in the ass or whatever. (laughs) And, or, you know, the one where they like time stops, but then there's also the one where they're like, the family is home and they get terrorized by something outside the house. That, and that's what we're yeah. going to, that's really what we're going to dive into this time around, because this is, uh, we've got more, um, evidence or at least stories with this one than we did with the one with the live show. Great. The Hopkinsville Kelly sighting was a reported battle. In the Kelly area of Kentucky, nearby the town of Hopkinsville, I'm on the twenty first. Whoa, 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 whoa! Battle? Oh yes, they had a battle with the goblins. <laughs> it was yes. like a tower oh, defense. Right. No joke. It was the Great Goblin Battle this of, the, already, of Hopkinsville, this Kentucky. Already like eight here. Yeah, this is already <laughs> no eight here. Battle. August 21st, August 21st, 1955. A large zombies. family claimed to have been invaded by tiny men that could not be put down with bullets. The incident. Mrs. Glennie Lankford lived in a rented house in Kelly, Kentucky, not much more than a smattering of houses about eight miles north of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. On the 21st of August, 1955, her three adult sons, their wives, their friend Billy Ray Taylor from Pennsylvania, Cecil Lucky Sutton, who also occupied the property, and the combined children of all the families were all over for one giant family supper. At around 1900, Billy Ray took a bucket to the well for some water and noticed a light shoot across the sky. Billy Ray thought it was a flying saucer and he saw it land behind some trees in a field behind the house. As there was no explosion, only a semi-hissing, and that's with air quotes, Billy Ray returned to the house with the bucket. After a bit, like literally he went to go see it, saw it, and then brought the bucket back with the water. After a bit, the families began to hear strange noises, and the dogs started barking wildly. Lucky and Billy Ray went outside to investigate and were met with somewhere between 10 to 15 creatures emerging from the trees where, that, uh, where the vehicle had supposedly landed. Quote, the little men with big heads and long arms are approaching the house. The men were described as having huge eyes and hands out of proportion with their bodies. 
the visitors were wearing what looked to be metal plate. They had large eyes, possibly antennas, were about a were about three feet tall, had spindly, useless legs, and human-like hands. When a bullet would strike one, it sounded like shooting a tin can. End quote. So you imagine these little weirdly armored, three foot tall creatures, all just like me, 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 all coming out of the woods, clawing like their dead way ass, the house. like goblins, like from just Middle armored Earth. goblins. Yeah. Lucky and Billy Ray got their guns, a shotgun and a 22 caliber target pistol, respectively, and started firing. One of the creatures pressed its face against the window and Lucky shot it. The creature then disappeared. Like li- the, literally? Like point blank, like literally just disappeared. He point blanked it through the window and it just was gone. Popped out of existence. Yep. According to him. That would be the craziest. It's like a video game. I know. The two men then went outside to see if the creature had been hit. And Billy Ray was grabbed by the hair from a creature who had been waiting on the roof for them to come out of the building and snatched him. Upon investigation, there was a creature on the roof and one in a nearby tree. Lucky took more shots, but it appeared unhurt and scampered off into the trees. Billy Ray also shot at the invading creature, but it is unclear how many shots he fired. The men later told police that they used up four boxes of 22 pistol shells, around 200 bullets. It's like me playing Oregon Trail. (laughs) However, it is important to note that neighbors reported saying they only heard four shots and mistook them for firecrackers and promptly ignored them. So you think it's a tall tale then? Well, there is a little physical evidence at the scene and we'll make our assumptions thereafter. After about four hours, Mrs. Lankford attempted to calm things down. She said that the creatures hadn't done anything to harm anybody and suggested that they call the police. The families crammed themselves into two cars and drove down to the police station. The group spokesperson implored the police to help them, saying, we need help. We've been fighting them for nearly four hours. The police drove out to Kelly and remained for uh, nearly two and a half hours. And they reported no tracks from the creatures or any marks indicating anything had landed behind the home. There was a hole in the window screen, however, presumably from Lucky shooting at the creature in the window. And a 22 shell was found in the yard. The two officers returned in the morning and were told the creatures had uh, returned at around 3.30. There were no shots fired this go around, but the creatures scratched at the house and made sounds as if they were walking around on the roof. The family had left Kelly and headed to Evansville, Indiana, before the officers arrived the next day. The officers who had visited the scene the prior evening were reluctant to make comment, but agreed that there appeared to be no drinking involved. So everybody involved was at least sober. Desk Sergeant Frank Dudas, who claimed to see three flying saucers during the prior year's summer, was not on duty and had not visited the scene at the time to make up at the time of the of the happenings but actually decided to make a comment anyway, saying, quote, I think the whole story is entirely possible. I know I saw him. If I saw him, the Kelly story certainly could be true. End quote. What? Who asked him? He Nobody. didn't even hear it? <laughs> no. No. Was not present. It's just like, I don't care. Uh, yeah, it's real. Well, whatever the case may be, he's the last word we have on the Hopkinsville Goblin. Because that's the entirety of the encounter with these creatures. Now, physical mm. evidence says family fight, maybe an aggressive pistol shot here and there. And then they just made up a story. But I don't know. What do you guys think? 
I think uh, it's likely uh, that they got scared and, yeah, and I, they just got a, the telling of the story just got a little out of hand. You're, t- whoa, whoa, you're telling me this is like when the goons report back to the boss and it's like, oh, it was like there was eight yes. Batman. Exactly <laughs> like that. They had one boss. I shot one right in the face and he disappeared, man. I, I wasn't even there anymore, boss. It's like he's not even there. It's man, like, it's like, like a I imagine the boss was like, I didn't even see him in the first place. There was like a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, Use 200 think, bullets. <laughs> I think this is probably something happened there. That is okay. not alien related at all. Yeah, or I, I, I related at all. And a lot of alcohol was probably involved and they probably fired four shots and then made up a wacky story to cover up something. Um, I'm with you. I think that's the case. Yeah. Um, here are some other explanations, however, that uh, may right. or the, may not. The other wilder use, ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The incident has been debated over the years, confusing both UFO enthusiasts and skeptics alike. According to the U.S. Air Force Project Blue Book files, This whole thing was a hoax listed among many other hoaxes. So the government themselves are kind of with us, whether that gives us credence or at all or not. Who fucking knows? (laughs) And I think it makes it worse now. I I, guess what I'm saying. Another explanation that has been posited is a pair of aggressive great horned owls were disturbed. I'll buy that in a second. (laughs) Those shits are scary. (laughs) The birds themselves stand between one and a half feet to two and a half feet tall and range across the whole U.S. and parts of South America and Canada. The owls fly silently and can be very aggressive if their eggs, chicks, and nests are in any danger. In the northeastern U.S., eggs are laid between March and April, incubate for a month, and the young stay in the nest for up to three months before leaving, so it's plausible that if this is, uh, if this is the case, that the chicks would have still been in the nest at this time because this took place in August. Perhaps this is what happened, and Billy Ray accidentally disturbed a nest, and the owls had pursued the threat to protect their chicks at the house. So they're saying that maybe the adult owls decided to kind of bother them for a while because they they saw them as a threat. I could see that too. These guys sound like I don't know. It it just sounds so much like they just saw something that they found out what it was like two days later, and then they just doubled down yeah. and doubled down and doubled down until there was a hundred. Yeah, I agree. Now for their pop culture influence. The Hopkinsville Goblin sighting is credited with the popularization of the phrase, quote, little green men when it comes to flying saucer occupants. Prior, they were just called little men. <laughs> just called men. <laughs> they were just called dudes. According to the book <laughs> Comedy Horror Films, A Chronological History, 1914 to 2008 by author Bruce Hallenbeck. The 1986 movie Critters is actually loosely based on this whole case. The Pokemon Sableye is actually based on these creatures as well, as is the Hopkins, which is a creature found in the Pathfinder tabletop RPG. The incident was the basis for the Annoyance Theater's musical that came from Kentucky and Chicago, and the 2019 History Channel series Project Blue Book has an episode dedicated to the investigating of the incident in its second season. And that is the second of our three cryptids, boys. I love oh this one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, big fans. Big fans all the way around. All right. I also love Sableye. I use, I use Sableye competitively from time to time in Pokemon. Fair. Uh, I mean, Sableye's cool as hell looking. I'm with you on that. All right. Let's be real. Looks. I mean. It's not great. Like, I don't know. Uh, five. Dumpy, yeah, dumpy Muppet vibes. Five. Well, yeah, five fair. is Fair. 
threat, threat level, level doesn't seem too 10. high. These they were and bulletproof. They were bulletproof. Yeah, but they were, the worst they did was grab a dude's hair. Yeah, but think about if you weren't shooting at them. These guys, they're bulletproof. Left the unattended. Who knows what, how much hair, what hair they a would grab. A battle took place. That's a battle against these the guys. Hopkinsville Kelly battle against a the goblin creatures. Oh, one, second, one second, it's your head hair. The next, it's your butt hair. The next, I don't even <laughs> want to know where next. To quote Real Big Fish, it's your butt hair. <laughs> And then who knows where? It's your butt hair, butt hair. Uh, Alex, are you a ten as well? <laughs> On danger? No. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a five again. Like this this no these guys way. clearly have like a more like mischievous vibe than they have like a dangerous Tell me vibe. Of another cryptid ever where a battle has taken place. These are the goblins from the Rankin and Bass animated Lord of the Rings Return of the King cartoon. Rounds. That's what I'm that's what I'm picturing. Rounds. There's nothing you can change. 200 it's rounds. A it's, it's a lie. It's a drunken lie. <laughs> Look, all these are lies, but it doesn't matter if we're going to play this game. I'm saying we're gonna gonna four game. rounds. And I would shoot four rounds in an hour. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> these 200 rounds that's a 10 power level if we're All playing right. within the limits of what supposedly happened we got a 510 on jesse and a 55 on five alex five, yeah we let's see what we got on the last one now unlike the last ones this that's not as heavily video game influenced but it's got a wider range of influence across multiple mediums little green instead. men automatically puts it at at least that's, a nine at least a green men I, I would say sableye is much more popular than all the rest of those video games put together. Sure. Uh, in, including Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. That's, I mean, okay, fair. But, but no it's one just, thinks but Legend just of Zelda appearance. Majora's Mask fair. Flatwood Monster. Yeah, no I one couldn't say that. like this thing from, from Majora's Mask. People are like, yo, I know that character. So we're saying a 10 then for this the little one? green men. That's that's, that's huge. That is, that's that is huge. huge. Before that's they were a just simple men. thing, but so good. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were merely men. men before. How would you describe well, so them? They were little men. men. So, all right, Jesse, what are your final rankings for this one? All right. I'm going to say looks five power level 10. It's legacy a nine. Okay. Alex five, five, 10, five, five, 10. All right. That puts us on to our final one. The shorter of the two, one that you may be familiar with. A much more modern day cryptid. The Boston baked bean boy. Baked bean boy. <laughs> oh, God. I hope one day, I one hope one day, day in like 10 crossed. years, it's perforated out there into the world. And there's somebody who has a sighting of the Boston bean boy. No, not the Boston bean boy. This comes the very first sighting from 2007. These are the Fresno night crawlers. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> I love these little guys. Little pants, boys. Wait, what? I fucking love yeah, the Fresno uh, Nightcrawlers. Look them up, Jesse. While we go through this, go ahead and look up the security footage from 2007. Um, and then uh, if you haven't seen the security footage from 2011 as well. Freaking Dobby uh, can, gonna... that driveway Dobby can freaking kiss these guys' ass. Damn right, dude. The Fresno Nightcrawlers are a pair of strange creatures, often seen in pairs. The first sighting was on security footage in 2007. They're like the alien version of bananas in pajamas. They really are. That's a great explanation. <laughs> there are no negative events surrounding these cryptids appearance. And so how could there be? Already, they, unfortunately, before we even really begin, their threat level is zero. There is no threat here. Zero. Unless, uh, you know, you never know. They, they might be able to. Well, actually, they might be able to just What would you classify anywhere. jaywalking? 
Would jaywalking be threat? It's threat? serious enough. You know, it's serious enough. Right. I agree. You could be in danger uh, from that. <laughs> Other than that, they simply walk around. That's all they seem to do. In 2007, Victor Camacho of the television network Univision was contacted by a frightened man. The man gave Camacho the footage, which, for lack of a better description, shows two pairs of white pants walking across his front yard. Based on the footage, Camacho <laughs> estimates them to be somewhere about three feet tall. And, uh, tall. So, Jesse, I take it at this point, you have seen them walking across the front lawn. I have seen them walk across the front lawn. It is grainy footage of what appears to be white bell bottoms. <laughs> like strolling I mean, right. across the lawn and that's it like that's you're, it it's like someone correct. is missing the upper ha- it's like that movie that disney released or pixar where it's just the feet like the, it's <laughs> just the dad's Onward. feet it's just the feet. yes it's dude. like that except it's a dude in white bell bottoms with no <laughs> top except maybe the head is where the waist would be the thing about this story that i love is that at first, you look at it in its isolated case, and you're like, this is clearly a hoaxed, <laughs> like, uh, just made up thing that somebody did, right? But then you hear yep. about the other sightings, and you're like, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, we'll go through them right yeah. now, real quick. So first, before we get there, um, before the 2011 sighting, fact or faked Paranormal Files actually took that footage and tried their best to figure out if it was such, a hoax or uh, not. Such Real quick. All reality shows are bullshit, crap, nonsense, but this one is particularly entertaining. These guys actually okay. went and got arrested for going to Bohemian Grove. Uh, yes, you are correct. So that's that's uh, some hardcore shit. But they shit. couldn't make it into Coconut Grove. They couldn't get into no. Coconut Grove. Couldn't by get the into way, Coconut I Grove. figured out it's a fucking theater by my house, like in L.A. There's a thing called Coconut Grove. That's why I know what that is. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Before we get into this, though, because now you made me curious, boys, you have like a, your favorite guilty reality TV show that you like to watch. Yeah, you're going to not like this one, Mathis. OK, I'm already worried. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Don't don't I don't want don't 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 break my heart, Alex. Well, what are you about to say? Ghost Adventures. No, God, you're a Zach Baggins like fucking mole in our show. Get out. Listen, Just listen, get out. listen. It's not no. it's not that I think he's a good ghost hunter because he's not. <laughs> it's that Come at me. there's just something about these shows where they like the the vibe of like slowing it down and playing the same sound effect really loud three times or like if, if you're if you're walking around an empty building for three hours and you have to make it scary by adding sound effects like I, there's just something about it. I, I it's like eating a, a egg McMuffin. Like I don't oh. I know it's not good for me. <laughs> Like it's good on your tongue, like but bad Dunkin' your Donuts. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I shouldn't eat half a dozen of these right now, but, but. I bought them <laughs> at the airport. Okay, Jesse, what about you? I like uh, guys' grocery games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, I don't know. There's Guy is one of those people that has that the shittiest. <laughs> He's got the dumbest TV shows, but that guy seems like he's got a heart of goddamn gold. Here's the thing. I know they're dumb. Just like Alex. Like, I know what I'm watching is dumb, but I will sit there and be like, oh, shit. Guys, grocery games is on. I got to see what these people got to cook this week. (laughs) I can't even like I can't even sit here and judge you because mine is fucking 90 day fiance. Oh, no, you're you're the the mole in the show. Yeah, it's true. 
<laughs> it's the worst show in the world. It's just always so sad, but I can't stop watching. The best, so, the best thing about guys' grocery games is that there's this like undercurrent. There's like this, like if you watch a lot of the episodes of the show, you, you might not notice it if you're just a casual observer, but if you're in on the deep shit, you start to pick up this like streak of guy, like helping people out. Like, yes, he like, yes, he like acts like Santa Claus. Like, like he like comes in and he's like, I think you'll find what you're looking for right over here. Like there, he just- is, <laughs> there is literally at the end of the show, people run around the grocery store to find items. And if they get all the items, they get $20,000 and he literally will shout out the next item while standing next to the item. People to win money. Yeah, yeah, he, just wants to, he just wants them to win. It's yeah, very that's sweet. So good. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't say guy seems like one of those guys who just fucking he's got a heart of gold. Also, if you um, if you're like me and you like weird internet stories, just I know this is the right podcast to talk about this. You have to look up the fucking uh article. I'm looking for it right now. I can't find it, but it's the article, I think it's on Noisy, where they made the guy from Smash Mouth eat like a giant spicy omelet that was cooked by Guy Fieri. Uh, just by like pressuring them on Twitter to do it for charity. And it was That's like awesome. supposed to be live streamed. And it was supposed to raise all this money and it like didn't. And he just oh, ate no. this like giant spicy omelet. It's an incredible story. You should look it up. And nobody, nobody watched. <laughs> uh, actor faked paranormal files actually attempted in 2010 to handle this footage. The episode itself is titled unwanted visitors. If you want to go look for it yourself. The show attempted to verify the footage by trying various methods to fake the footage. They attempted to recreate it with puppets, pajama pants on a string, and even a child wearing a sheet. The hosts themselves deemed the footage unexplainable after finding no reasonable method of recreating it. Nowadays, though, like if this was, this is 2007, but if it was like now, CG, you could so easily do something like that. Then there's the partner footage, the one from 2011. uh, titled the Yosemite Crawlers. In March 2011, caretakers of Yosemite National Park put up mounted night vision cameras as they were concerned about vandals destroying parts of the park. Instead of angsty teens, however, or any devious poachers, the camera captured another pair of Fresno night crawlers. They look exactly the fucking same, too. It is. Except Except it's like a parent and a child. It's a parent and a child in a weird way. Oh, yeah, one's like a mini... Yeah, and the footage appears to show one large creature between three and four feet and a smaller creature of about half that height wandering down a hill. They simply walk from one side of the frame to the other, walking behind trees as they do. You see in that footage right now, Jesse? I'm watching it. It's so weird. It's it's super weird. the The thing is, is like you can imagine someone would dress up in this flowing white sort of pant thing that goes above their head. Yeah, but the crack in the like the split in the legs is so high up. It's so high up. I don't know how a body fits in unless it's like one really thin person hopping while moving the <laughs> other leg along, so it looks like it's it, like they're walking. It's so weird. I have no idea how it works. I don't know how yeah. it works. It's it's yeah. I'm I'm interested too because I mean, if there is one person, that means there's another person and a smaller one, and that means right? other people somewhere else in the world doing it. It's weird. And while those are the only two official sightings of the Fresno Nightcrawlers, there's a a related sighting to them um, that we only have a uh, vocal telling of, simply called the Carmel Area Creature. If you look into the Nightcrawlers, the Carmel Area Creature will undoubtedly pop up for you. 
On December 12, 2014, a 60-year-old ex-Marine reported seeing a strange creature ambling along Carmel Road in Ohio. He described the creature as seven feet tall, slim, gray, with muscular legs that walked with its knees backwards and leaning forward. The unnamed Marine's wife said this, quote, We recently bought a place in the Fort Hill area in southeast Highland County. We first noticed after about 30 days of living here that we suddenly have a perfect circle that stays fresh green no matter the weather in our front yard. On Friday night, the 12th, we were driving home. After turning on Carmel Road, which leads to our road, we went around the curve by Carmel Church and then up a small incline, approximately 10 feet over the incline uh, in our front. I'm sorry, let me try that again. And approximately 10 feet over the incline and in front of our truck, the alien ran across the road and into the woods. My husband saw it and he's a skeptic, almost 60 years old and a proud Marine. He wouldn't have admitted to seeing it if he hadn't been in shock. I had him draw it for me when we got to the house. He says it was asphalt gray and about seven feet tall. No arms that he could see, but muscular in the legs area. No jawline and its legs were bent backward and it leaned forward as it ran. The main thing the Carmel area creature and the Fresno and Yosemite Nightcrawlers have in common is that they are primarily leg with very little upper body and no arms to speak of. The Carmel area creature is noticeably taller, at least three feet or three or more feet with knees and that bend backward as opposed to the traditional walking movement the other crawlers have. Also, all the crawlers appear to be pale white in color, while the Carmel area creature is primarily gray. It's like there's like a species of creature that's like made to look like those like little twisty headed ghosts. Yeah, a little bit that you make at like a Japanese festival or whatever. That's actually one of the two, one of the the, the few rather uh, explanations, because we really don't have a lot of explanations. That's it for sightings. So they've and we haven't seen any since 2011. So they kind of just got lumped into urban legend category for the most part, um, with not a lot of people pursuing them. So the only explanations that we currently have are maybe, like Alex said, it's an undiscovered species of some sort or a species of some sort. Maybe it's a paranormal or supernatural creature like a ghost or something. Maybe it's an alien of some weird type. I love these fucking it could guys. could be a pair of white pants being puppeted in some weird way. Like Dr. Strange's be, cape. Right? Or maybe it's a weird interdimensional being. I mean, who fucking knows? They seem Largely chill. sightings of these haunted pants have disappeared and nothing has been reported since the early 2010s. If I saw these guys, I'd go put them on. Right? Uh, I would just chase them and try and wear them. Um, But uh, and even for pop culture, very little other than merch, plushies, pillows and posters, but nothing in video games, no movies, no TV. That's it. And that's all we have for our last one. The Fresno Nightcrawler Boys. God bless them. All right. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. Looks 10. 10 10 out of 10. This thing is crazy. I love how simple it is. Yet how it's so bizarre and weird. Just the perfect amount of shitty. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it doesn't have the the like try hard shittiness of the first one, but it also isn't like, you know, kind of vague as the second one. It is very clearly white bell bottoms, white <laughs> really silky is. bell bottoms that are sentient, <laughs> sentient. White sentient. Sen- I'm 10, 10 for looks. Yeah. I love okay. it. Uh, un, 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 like no, no debate. It's 10 out of 10. Yes. Agreed. Okay, we know threat level then. 
Oh, zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah, exactly. Zero threat. If I saw this walking towards me, I would be like, I gotta see what's inside. I'd walk <laughs> up and open that shit and be like, what is in here? Zero. The only zero danger threat. that you that you face is falling in love too hard. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, which brings us, of course, to pop culture. And really, it's only claimed to pop culture fame beyond the merch is the one episode of faked or fact or faked paranormal files. Well, they were probably That's digging. It. They were like, we got to find something. Dude, this, you I know, like, it's a, that it's a show, one. That show, actually, they do a great thing where they, like, first they, like, each pitch one, and then they, like, pick one to do. It's a great, oh, it's a wonderful kinda... show. You got to watch that. Go watch fact or fake. That's your homework. That's your completionist homework. What is it? Your completionist homework. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, you, yeah, if you want to finish, if you want to do a full watch through of this episode, you have to go yeah. watch an episode of fact or faked. I think I agree. This thing's a one in its pop culture. And at least it has some pop culture influence in the meekest of manners, but one it's is a, as high yeah, as it it's gets. a one. But everything else. A zero and a thing. one is another 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and that's it, boys. That's it for our three little uh, side cryptids that really not enough for a full episode, but together they're a family. Olive Garden. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. An Olive Garden <laughs> of cryptids. The Olive Garden of Cryptids. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, these were really fun for us to do. Uh, and uh, for all our listeners, hey, if you did enjoy it, let us know. Drop a review wherever you're listening to us. It helps a huge amount and gets us up to that uh, almost at 2000 reviews at that solid five star. It's average. chill so thank to you do so much for that. It is a chill thing to do for the Chiluminati. And if you want to go above and beyond. Um, if you want merch, yeti.com slash uh, collection slash Illuminati, or go to Patreon, patreon.com slash pod for all kinds of benefits and bonuses as well as directly supporting us. We're going to go record a mini-sode. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Bye. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.